In these uncertain economic times, it's easy to be worried about protecting your wealth, your hard-earned savings, and your family's financial future. Plunging interest rates, the devaluating dollar, and political unrest constantly threaten what you have worked hard to earn and all that you own. That's why now it's more important than ever to protect your assets and have the money you need to make your dreams come true. Welcome to the Global Wealth Fortress Report with successful global entrepreneur and wealth preservation expert, Joel Nagel. Joel's helped thousands of people just like you protect what you have so that you can make even more and make your every dream come true. So, sit back and enjoy Joel Nagel's offshore expert advice on how you can live the good life at a great price, where the sun never sets on your financial fortress. Hello, 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 and welcome to Joel Nagel's Global Wealth Fortress Report. We have a, a unique episode edition today because Joel is coming to us from Tanzania, Africa. And we're going to touch on that a little bit. Joel, welcome from hey, a long ways away. <laughs> I am about as far away as you can get. It's good in many ways, both distance-wise and uh, every other way imaginable. But it's great to be with you. It's fantastic to have you. I want to, I want to talk a little bit today about uh, international investment funds. I know you're, you know, you are the 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 uh, asset oracle, and so I want I want you to fill us in on what those those are and how they work and what they can mean for people. But first, um, what the heck? Uh, what the heck is Tanzania like? I mean, I'm sure everybody out there is like me saying, I've heard of it, but I have no idea. <laughs> and I know it's in Africa. Yeah. That's the extent of my knowledge. Well, if you've ever watched a uh, Tarzan movie as a kid, it's all right here. I mean, we can't uh, <laughs> we can't go out of the hotel without bumping into lions and, and elephants and giraffes. It's It's really quite amazing. It, it is a beautiful country with beautiful people. And unfortunately, it's it's had, you know, a, a, a destructive government. It it, um, you know, embraced a Soviet type uh, government command system. And obviously, I'm I'm here as a guest. So I, you know, I'm not going to be too critical. But um, yeah, I mean, basically, it's a broken government. Uh, the government keeps trying to increase wages prices keep rising faster than the wages uh so you know just before we came on air i checked that it's about um it's about uh gosh 2300 tanzanian shillings is a dollar and the average wage is about 240,000 shillings a month which is about 105 dollars so you know in 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 you know the they keep people keep getting raises and costs keep going up faster. The currency keeps becoming more and more devalued. Um, you know they're in a vicious cycle. I I think we face some of the same issues in the United States with what's happening there. Uh, it's it's you know the U.S. is in slow motion compared to what's happening here in Tanzania because you can see it right before your eyes. Literally from one day to the next to the next, the prices are increasing. Fortunately, we're here paying for things in dollars. So for us, things have actually been even I've only been here a few days. The prices have actually been getting cheaper and um, you can see the desperation in the people, um, you know, 
people do almost anything. And if you tip somebody a dollar, that's like, you know, that's big money. I mean, you're, you're giving somebody, you know, a uh, 125th of a, of a monthly wage. So that's a lot of money. It's, it's sad. Uh, but, you know, if you look at it from the nature perspective, wonderful. The other thing that's really troubling about Tanzania is it's from a mineral perspective, it's one of the richest countries in the world. I mean, Tanzanite comes from Tanzania. It's the only place in the world. Uh, you have massive gold uh, reserves. We just passed a gold mine the other day massive undertaking um they're they're rich in other types of fossil fuels coal natural resources other gemstones rubies diamonds you know the list goes on and on and on and then you look and you say oh my god the you know it's one of the poorest i mean per capita it's it's some something like 300 dollars per year so you know that's it's it's just it's it's almost a curse that they have so much wealth but it's just mismanaged the the government policies are so bad. If you're not in the inner circle of the haves, the government, uh, or friends of the government, or companies that work closely with the government, you know, you're just in abject poverty. And we, we've seen a lot of that too. It really, it it actually hurts. My my wife is a physician, and uh, she, <clears throat> in addition to being a doctor, she's very involved in public health issues. And uh, you know, it, it really hurts her. She sees it everywhere we go that. The people are pretty malnourished and, uh, you know, it's it's sad to see that level of, of poverty. But when you see all the riches around, you know, there's, it's almost a disconnect. Like, how can this country have so much wealth and yet the people be so poor? And, you know, I think government mismanagement, lack of private sector, lack of capitalism, you know, you that's see right. all these things. That that's the answer. But I fear in the U.S., you know, we have every advantage going for us in the world but our government policies are trying to take us in that direction. And that's squandering. Really squandering. Well, the U S uh, year over year, year over year, since Biden took office, inflation's 8.6% real wages down 3.6%. Horrifying. Yeah, I mean, that's just it. You know, people are like, Hey, you know, we need $15 uh, for a minimum wage, but by the time you get that, it's already less than it was before. So you need pro-growth policies where people get real wage increases. And, you know, regardless of what people thought about Trump from a personality perspective, I mean, we had the healthiest economy going. Yeah. You know, real wages were increasing because employers had to compete to get in better employees. And then they demanded that their employees be more productive. And if they were more productive, they paid them even more. That's real growth. Just a mandated, you know, thou shalt tomorrow give a wage increase because the government mandates it and then the government prints it out of thin air. That's really what's happening here in Tanzania. And um, people are running faster and faster and they're getting further and further behind. And I yeah. fear we're doing that in the U.S. too. I talk to people, they're telling me, you know, it's $100 um, to fill up my my gas uh, tank yeah. and, um, you know, for two days of commuting to work and, and poof, it's gone. It's hardly worth working by the time you work and pay taxes and all that. So, you know, we're, we're in a, a very bad downward trend, uh, tread right now. And sometimes when you see things in other countries, you know, maybe it is a, a bit of a wake up call. I, I wish more people, more politicians in particular, uh, particularly the ones that really don't understand economics, which I think is most of them on both That's sides right. of the aisle. It's I think you covered the waterfront on that and both parties. <laughs> you know, we should have both parties. I mean, yeah. like, you know, it's, it's in a yeah. place like Tanzania. It's so clear. This is the policy. This is what's happening. 
country's getting worse and worse day by day. Do do we want to go down that path? I, I think not. I think not. I think not. For those who who still have a little money to invest, I was reading, I went to a website that I know you're familiar with that is really actually one of my favorites, the Key International Bank um, in, in Belize. I think you are founder and board member, if I'm not mistaken, right? And yes, so I'm, I'm actually chairman of the board. Chairman. Which is well, let me hold it up again. Then there I didn't know. Go, I folks. didn't know we were going to. I didn't know we were going to talk about about Key Bank, but <laughs> it's um, yeah. I'm but happy to happy to talk about there, whatever you want to talk about. There are some great articles, folks, on that on that uh, on their website, the Key International Bank website. There are some great blogs, and one of them that I came across, and it was something that I've been wanting to talk to you about because you're you're the asset. You know, you're the man who knows the assets, how to manage your money, and there was a great article called Five Reasons to Choose International Investment Funds. Okay. And if it's all right with you, I would just like to quickly go through them in the time we have, because it seemed to me that this is a place where people can put their assets to protect them and perhaps to grow them. And, uh, and, and who better than you to hear from how these things work? Does that sound good to you? Sure, sure. I'm happy to talk about how things work. I'm not I'm not an investment advisor, so I'm not right. advocating or telling people that they should do this. They should really talk to their own investment advisors. But, you know, our bank's president, Luigi Waweje, he's a South African, Italian American. He's got three nationalities. He's a great guy. Right. He's a prodigious writer and uh, puts out a lot of great articles and content on that on that there website. We so, you know, you can read about all different reasons to look at Belize, invest in Belize, uh, why you should have an offshore bank account, why you should hold currencies outside your home country currencies. I mean, he's a real you know, wealth of knowledge about those things. So I would encourage any of your viewers to, to check out the KeyBank website. But in terms of you know, investment funds, the reality is that those types of, of products are extremely regulated in the US. And, you know, that is beneficial in some ways, but it's harmful in others. It, it keeps a lot of people from having access to investment products um, in the states that really only the wealthiest people can access. Uh, you have to be an accredited investor. Um, there's a whole multitude of securities laws and when you're set up properly offshore with a trust, we talked about trust last week, right. foundations, companies, those types of things, those things are function in the jurisdiction where they're created. And most of these investment products are created outside the U.S., again, because of the, the onerous nature of the regulatory environment. Um, again, these aren't for you know little old ladies to put their cookie jar money in. Uh, these are for people that can take risk. Uh, but if they understand that risk, you know, some of the risk is, for example, just being outside the dollar. You know, right. if, if you feel that all your, you know, uh, wealth should be in dollars, then, you know, you shouldn't take it offshore. You shouldn't even think about these types of, of products. But if you want true diversification, which is really what asset protection planning is all about. So I'm not the investment advisor guy saying, oh, you should buy IBM stock. But at the macro level, you know, we've talked about different types of 
investments, whether it's cryptocurrencies or metals or right. or whatever, real estate. And a lot of these investment funds build around those themes and those concepts. Um, it could be, and, and a lot of times I tell clients, I say, look, invest in something you know and understand. So if you're a person that likes, you know, big blue chip American stocks and you want to take some money offshore, then look at these types of investment funds that invest in large global you know, blue chip companies, but not American companies. They might invest like in Swiss companies like Nestle or, you know, you, you get the you get the picture. The point yep. is that the risk profile is exactly the same as what you would have been investing in anyways. But now instead of investing in something that's dollar based, you're invested in something that maybe generates dividends in Swiss francs or euros or yen or or what have you. And and creating income streams for yourself, particularly as you get older and you're going more and more towards retirement years, you want to have that 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 income. And if you live in the U.S. and you you know spend all your money in dollars, you can always convert that income back into dollars. And we've seen, for example, the the Swiss franc over the last thirty years, it, it's gone up about eight to ten percent on average per year against the dollar. And that that's just the currency. That's not the underlying right. investment. Right. If you had an underlying investment paying you five, six, eight, ten, whatever the whatever the rate of return is, that's on top of the currency um, increase vis-a-vis the dollar. So you can see how over time you're going to outperform um, you know, assuming that you know those trends continue. Now I have to say in in you know, COVID and, and war in Ukraine and what have you. Well, what's happened? The dollar's actually rallied. So if we just look at the last 12 months, the dollar's stronger against a number of the currencies, particularly the euro. Uh, the euro's increased from about, um, it was about $1.20, $1.23 a year ago. Now I think it's $1.04, $1.05. So, you know, it's gone up 15% against the uh, the euro. So if you're if you had a very short-term strategy, and you put all your money in euros, then you're going to call me up and say, Joel, why'd you say, you know, why'd you yeah. say go in the euro? Because now I'm yeah. down. But but I'm not, again, I'm not an investment advisor. I'm just looking at these trends over time. And if you, the longer you project out three years, five years, 10 years, the more certain it is that, you know, it's good to be diversified. And, and if you like metals, go in a metals fund. If you like, you know, crypto, go in a crypto fund. You can find... Uh, investment managers in almost every type of space uh, with the exact same risk profile as what you would find in the U.S. So that's what we're really talking about. We're, we're finding right. parallel corollary type funds that have similar risk profiles, but produce income in non-dollar denominations. I, you know, whatever you want to keep in dollars, keep it in the U.S., invest it the way you already are, but move a portion out. And most clients start small, maybe five, 10 percent. But then over time, they're scratching their heads saying, but hey, my my offshore part of my portfolio is doing better. So they start transferring more and more money. And, you know, I have clients that now it's the opposite. They have 70, 80, 90 percent. Some clients, in fact, have gone 100 percent offshore, meaning they have no U.S. dollar exposure. And so so if you have one of the things I, I love what you're saying about diversity, because that's number one here. The offshore investment funds, this Luigi's article, one, they offer incredible diversity, which you've now touched on. And I think 
guys like me can put 10,000 bucks in, right? It's just not for accredited investors, I, I believe. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, normally normally the, the rules are a bit different. Uh, every manager, every country is the same, uh, is different. Sorry, I didn't mean the same, is different. But generally, the there's less regulation. And again, it's a two-edged sword. It means, you know, you have to do a better job of doing your due diligence or work with somebody like Luigi at KeyBank and ask, you know, make sure that he's doing due diligence for you. But you don't want to be, you know, you look at the, the um, like the Bernie Madoffs of the world, for example, you know, right. I tell people all the time, hey, that wasn't offshore, that was onshore. That was the biggest Ponzi scheme scam of, of all time. Uh, and, and that was under supposedly the watchful eye of the SEC, uh, who audited the Madoff funds numerous times and gave them a good housekeeping seal of approval. So, you know, bad things can happen in the U.S. Certainly bad things can happen offshore as well. So you do have to do your due diligence. You, you want to know, you know, work with uh, trusted bankers, trusted lawyers, trusted accountants, CPAs, um, you know, get to know, you know, a Swiss money manager. And, you know, I, I if somebody comes to me and, and asks me to recommend somebody, you know, I'm not even going to consider taking somebody out of my Rolodex if I haven't known them and seen their performance yeah. for at least 10 years. So, you know, if somebody comes along with the latest, greatest, you know, fund, uh, you know, and says, hey, I'd really like you to tell your clients about it. I'll, I'll say, look, just put me on your list. Send me your monthly performance. Uh, I'll review it from time to time. And, you know, I'm not going to really even consider it reading about the company that much or looking at the returns at least for a year, maybe two, you know, and then maybe if I like it, it might be something I'd get my own toe in the water and see how it does. And then maybe after that, you know, I might, might tell other people, but, you know, again, I'm not, I'm not out there trying to earn commissions, putting people in other people's funds. So, you know, if, if I'm recommending something or even just making the introduction, people assume it comes with a good housekeeping seal of approval. So I have to be very careful about, you know, who I endorse. And so, and, and that's one of the reasons why I think I like this article so much is because exactly what you're saying, uh, Joel, the trust factor, uh, his, his third point is that when you use these international investment funds, like the ones at KeyBank, Key International Bank, investors get the guidance of financial experts in-house, right? I mean, you you know these people. Luigi is a true international expert. I, I assume he surrounded himself with other experts. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the main thing is if you work with a private bank, like KeyBank, not just KeyBank, any any good offshore bank, if you develop a relationship with them, you're their client, then, you know, they use the clout of having hundreds or even thousands of clients that are going into these funds. And the last thing the fund managers want to do is lose the bank and the bank's clients in, all, in one fell swoop. So generally, they, they do sort of bend over backwards if there's an issue or problem or lack of yes. information, whatever it is, um, you know, it, it does come through the, the filter of the bank on the one hand. Um, and, you know, obviously the bank's charging fees and that's how the bank stays in business. So some clients say, well, why do I want to go through a bank? I can do it myself. Okay, fine. You know, yeah. you can do your yeah. taxes yourself. You can write your own will. You can do lots of things yourself, but is it a good idea? You know, I'm, I'm a big believer that, you know, as long as somebody 
is really earning their keep. You know, I'd much rather hire professionals who are experts in the field. I would I would say the number one thing, you know, and this doesn't really go into the fund so much, but the number one call I get probably three or four times a month, it's somebody that ventured offshore, bought real estate by themselves, and now yeah. they're having a problem. Yeah. Maybe there was no title, maybe the, you know, maybe the government put a lien on the property. There's all kinds of problems that are happening. And like the problem they're now trying to solve is a hundred times greater than if they just hired a local lawyer to walk them through the process. And, and they said, well, they didn't do it because they didn't want to pay two or three points, whatever the large lawyer was trying to charge them. Okay. But you know, it's an ounce of prevention versus a pound of cure. And, and it's kind of the same, you know, it's the kind of same here because the bank is going to vet the investment products before they even make them available to their clients. And, you know, if there's an issue or problem, now you can go to your banker. Your banker is going to go to the fund and say, hey, we need recourse here. You know, you got to help our client, blah, blah, blah. So I think if they charging, you know, 50 blips or 1% or whatever their charges, um, that, that it, it's well worth it. And you mentioned fees, and I want to touch on fees in a second. But before we do, you mentioned making sure you go to the experts for the offshore before you buy offshore property. And this week, our buddy Mike Cobb's offshore investment report is all about this book, which I know you're very familiar with, which is ECI's manual, which is an incredible book, an incredible book on doing exactly what you just said. 110 pages on how to make sure you're offshore before you invest in an offshore property, know what to look for, the pitfalls, the advantages, disadvantages. So I'm glad you brought that up. Gave us a chance. That's a great, this, it's this a great an book. And, book. It, and, and it's, it's nothing that is unique to anything with ECI. I mean, Mike really understands the international real estate yep. uh, business and, you know, most of what he's written there has come from the tuition he's paid by either making those mistakes or seeing those mistakes made by others, myself and you know other yeah. people included, and and so it is a wonderful resource. I, it, I don't know. Are you doing? Are you giving that away or I don't yeah, know? It's free. It's, it's free. You go to the free. website. Okay, great. Well, I think uh, nothing better than free. You should should definitely get that. I, I yeah. think if if you read that consumer resource guide, which helps you ask the right questions. When yes. you're talking to a seller, a realtor, a lawyer, whomever, um, you know, I, I think if you do that and you hire a local lawyer, you know, 99 plus percent of the potential problems you could have will be resolved. And, you know, I, I think, again, it's it's a similar parallel. If you're doing um, going into different types of investment products that you're not really that familiar with, you just want to have exposure offshore, then why not, you know, go into it holding the hand of a of an offshore banker, whether it's in Belize or Panama or Switzerland or whatever, get develop a rapport with the banker. The banker will more than earn their fees by directing you to good, credible investment products, investment people, people who've been around for a long time. It, it, are they infallible? No. I mean, you know, even some of the offshore banks got burned by by Madoff, right? Again, right. it was they got good housekeeping seal of approvals from the SEC year after year after year. So you can't really blame the you know, the domestic or the foreign bankers who got duped by, by, you know, him, he was a, a true fraudster. Uh, but, you know, the more people you have looking at things, looking at the private placement memorandums, vetting the, the people, 
you know, the, the more people that are doing that, I think the better off you are as an investor. And it's worth whatever fee you pay to have that level of due diligence take place. Oh, absolutely. So, so this book is great. The website is great. And I know we're running out of time because you promised your wife you would not spend your entire vacation talking <laughs> to Carter Cruz. No, I, the- I enjoyed it. We're having a big bonfire outside. It's amazing how cold it gets here at night. That's the one thing I wasn't prepared for. But, um, you know, we're in the Serengeti National Park for a few days and uh, the park sits at over 5,000 feet elevation. So it's, you know, like I guess like Denver. And so at nighttime, yeah. it gets hot in the day. Uh, but in the night, it's, you know, down to high high 40s, low 50s. And you're throwing a big down comforter on and, and they're outside enjoying the fire. But uh, it's great. I'm glad to get away. I always like uh, talking about macro issues, micro issues. Um, yeah. um, next week, I'll be back to my house in, in Austria. We can talk Austrian economics or whatever you want to talk about next week. <laughs> All right. One more quick question based on this article. One more quick question. The, you mentioned the, the fees, and according to Luigi, on, these, uh, on the international investment funds, the fees can be lower than the U.S. investment funds. I think that's important to people who are investing at the level I mentioned for guys like me, ten twenty thousand dollars $20,000. Yeah, they, they frequently are, or you know, some uh, investment managers in the States will have what's called an offshore feeder fund, meaning they're running the exact same investment strategy onshore and offshore. And almost always the offshore fund is a quarter, half a point, three quarters of a point better in returns. And if you ask them why, they'll tell you, well, you know, in the States, I've got Sarbanes-Oxley, I've got to do expensive audits, you know, I have to do all this stuff. And and that, you know, translates into more expenses, which means a lower return. And offshore, they frequently don't have to do all of those things. It's not that they're just, you know, doing it on the back of a napkin, uh, but frequently more, more of the documentation could be prepared in-house. Um, maybe they need an audit, but um, they might not have all of the compliance uh, requirements of, say, Sarbanes-Oxley and some of the other very expensive securities uh, requirements. So, so I think you know I, I I'm not sure if that's what he's alluding to, but I suspect it is because I think it is because generally the investment strategies are exactly the same. So, how do you get better returns? You get better returns because there's lower costs. So. That's great. All right. Well, this has been a a wonderful report from Tanzania um, that 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 I think, you know, we talk about protecting assets. You are America's number one asset protection attorney. Now, I think Tanzania's number one asset <laughs> protection attorney. So we appreciate well, they need this. Some, this. They need some a, asset protection over here. They really do. But uh, <laughs> right. great, great spending time with you and uh, look forward to talking to you next week, Carter. All right, Joel. Thank you very, very much, okay. folks. That's great advice. Go. I, I recommend to you go to the go to the website. Go to the website. That's a, the article that I just went over with you. With that, Joel was kind enough to to add to for us is right at that website, and there are a bunch of other articles. And you need to protect your assets. We're not talking about investment here. We're talking about asset protection, which we just covered A to Z there on these uh, the, on these international investment funds. So. Thank you for joining us, and uh, let's do this thing. We'll see you next week.